Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome into the Triple Option. Paul Catalina and Roygen, Royden Ogletree. There it is. That's Royden. 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 Royden Ogletree? Yeah, that, that, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what happens when you spend your weekend in Orlando. Yeah. We were working very hard. I don't know if you got to, like, experience any of the, you know, other things around Orlando. Really, while we were there for it, Baylor and UCF? I like Orlando it, because I've been there several times, mostly Disney. But, like, it's, like, the most spread out city that I've ever seen in my entire life. And UCF was even further removed from all that. Uh, by things, do you mean, like, backwards hats and, like, Ray-Ban sunglasses? Or, like, <laughs> what do you mean? Maybe that. Maybe that. Yeah. Uh, it was a great look. I, I just, uh, before we jump into our first topic, your thoughts. I thought it was an unbelievable scene. Just yeah. a great scene that they have there. Uh, and, you know, of places that people don't talk about, of a great place to go to a college football game, the bounce house, certainly one of them. I think, I think for sure people should should check it out. Yeah, I mean, it, besides it being eighty, literally eighty-one percent humidity on the yeah. field, like it was, uh, it, it was hotter than I think I anticipated, and mm-hmm. mostly I was just like drenched by the time that, uh, by the time that the game actually took place. So I, I can't imagine how the players felt, but um, or Darby Brown for that matter, who yeah. actually just filmed the entire game. Yeah. But I, uh, I thought it was an interesting look because it's one of those classic like bowl stadiums. So it doesn't didn't feel like there was ever really a bad seat in the mm-hmm. house for them because yeah. it didn't go up very high either. Yeah. The the press box was literally shaking when they were bouncing to the beat of whatever song that they were. Yeah. That doesn't feel good. But like mm-hmm. no, I thought it, I thought it was they were really bought in. Now the stadium wasn't 100% full for a sold out game, but Neither here nor there. They did leave during the yeah. During that was a weird. Time. That was a weird thing that happened. Um, uh, it was parents' weekend, yeah. which they were up by a lot, and I'm sure there are a lot of people like, "Oh, this game is over." Right. Uh, I I, choose, I too thought it was over. I choose to believe that they will learn their lesson from that. Now yeah. that they're in the Big Twelve, and that know that like, look, 28 points at halftime is not, or in the third quarter is not over. Yeah. 28 points in the fourth quarter, halfway over. Uh, the fourth quarter is over. You can leave then. Right. But and and you really shouldn't. But I'm or not, if you're the one getting blown out, to be completely fair. Here's the thing. I'm not a person like I only leave games early. Like when Garrett and I go over to Baylor games, we have to leave early because we have, you know, fiduciary responsibilities here. You know, to get a pro a post game show uh, on the air. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't leave early. I've never like I've I've rarely left a game early as a fan. Le- like. Maybe I left that Texas game seven right. times in my life. I left the Baylor Texas game. Right <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I was like, this is, oof. Um, Part of it is because in my head, right? Like, if they ever like called me and like actually cared what I thought, I would want to be able to tell them. Well, in the fourth quarter, right? And you bet your ass I was there <laughs> when everybody else was gone here. I am like when Florida state calls me in to right. list my grievances about some of their poorer years, I would have liked to like when I was a student, I would like to be able to say like, listen, 
I had plenty sobered up, A, by the fourth quarter, and B, here are my problems. Right. But that was maybe where it is. And, you know, my dad went to Texas A&M, so they don't leave games early yeah. either. Uh, as a matter of for fact. For better or for worse. For, but here's the thing. You know when the coach is about to get fired – because they do. That yeah. happened to Kevin Sumlin. And so people were leaving early, and then Kevin Sumlin's going to be like, oh, man. Uh, I can't because even hold their attention. Especially because it's all the old Aggies yeah. that were leaving early who have it, like, ingrained in them. So, yeah, it's it's uh, I, that's I, the I, only time you'll know. If you want to know when the coach is getting fired legit on the hot seat at Texas A&M, the fans leave early, like, a lot. Like, yeah. two or three games at home. I have this thing that you, I think you should show up. I don't think you have the responsibility to root for bad football. No, I, I get. I, I understand. I, that. I think that's a little but, silly. But you do. You should have the responsibility to root for good football, which means if you are winning by twenty-eight points, right? Yeah. You, st- you stay in and you 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 eat the bones of your victim. Like that's what you need to do. <laughs> um, I, as far as atmosphere goes, UCF knows how to do it. They were tailgating right up next to the stadium. People were walking around. They had. Uh, I don't know if you DJ uh, Polly D. Yes, yeah. was there. We, we were both in the same tweet that he liked. And someone sent it to me and said, you've made it now. <laughs> Great. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly. You know what? Um, I'm more of a snooky person. Mm. So until, until she and I are in the same tweet, as opposed to, you know, I have a funny Jersey source. He's on Jersey Shore, right? Right. I'm, I'm correct in assuming that. I don't know much about it. Oh, come on, man. But uh, I really don't. <laughs> I, like, I don't. Uh, so at the Super Bowl in Dallas which is my first Super Bowl I covered, the, uh, the situations, runners came up and said, would you like to have, Mike, the situation on your show? And first of all, my co-host was Smokey, <laughs> so he would have no friggin' clue who he was. What's the situation? Yeah. No, the situation. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Is there a situation? Do we need to, like, why, why is the situation coming to us? Right. Like, how do we handle this? How do we avoid the situation? <laughs> Is this something we can't? So I, I said no. I said no, not really. And the lady said, "Well, you're the first person to say no." And I was like, "Well, uh, okay." So like, you sure you don't want him? He's really good in the air. I'm like, "Yeah, I don't want him." And then Smokey was like, "Who was that?" I said, and then we had the same <laughs> conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on first? Yeah, we had this whole little thing, and he's like, oh, "I don't know who that is." So who cares? I was like, "Yeah, I know. It would have been. It would have been terrible. It would have been absolutely terrible." Right. And then here's what I thought. Like, here's my first Super Bowl. If I would have been like, "Yes, I'll take the guy from Jersey Shore," and like, uh, "Would you like Joe Montana?" I'm like, I'm sorry, we've got, no, we, we've got, we got this, we got Mike the situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jerry Rice is right over you, there. Sorry. You, you, can, you can have Jerry Rice right now. If you can take him right now, I would have thrown, like, honestly, he probably would have ripped his shirt off and been like, yo, bro. Yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we well, we going out? But yeah, that's, that's what would happen. All right. Let's dive in the first topic of the day. First topic being who among the top teams, mm. the ones that everybody are talking CFP, we'll talk about the other unbeatens, the surprising unbeatens later in the show. But who among the top teams, and I brought this topic up because Georgia's almost gotten got, Florida State's almost gotten it, Ohio State's almost gotten it. Now, granted, uh, Ohio State has much more justifiable reason than both Florida State and Georgia do. Played people. Uh, yeah. Uh, Washington, uh, really that game was closer than it should have been against Arizona last week. USC needs to look themselves U- in the mirror. USC, that yeah. gross. So, look, this should not be surprising to anybody. No. Because we have parity in college football like we haven't had before. Now, is it parity like in professional sports? No. That's going to take a lot more time. 
And as all the things, because you and I have talked about Transfer Portal and NIL and how that's going to affect things and how it's already affected, especially in the SEC, I think yeah. you can see it the most right now in that, that league that's been able to say it just means more. Well, eh, it just means the same right now. That just does. And it means equally the same to everybody across the fan base. But, you know. but yeah, I mean, so it, it is... Um, now look, there are like you could say that if you're comparing it to the Pac-12 and ask their university presidents if it means more in the SEC that does in the Pac-12, and they'll say, yeah, probably because it we means let, more to their wallet. We we let we let our uh, we let our league fall apart because right. it doesn't. But uh, I I think that there are there are going to be some surprising victims coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, te- like Texas has been pretty much great in every game. You know, we'll see this week against Oklahoma. Oklahoma looks, I mean, they're, they're undefeated as well. They look like they could, you know, be vulnerable. And, of course, they're going to play Texas. So that one's going to get maybe more determined after this week, obviously after this weekend, and see how close they really are to each other. If that's legit, like, old school Texas and Oklahoma being both good at the same time. It'll figure itself out. I don't think it is. Yeah. To be completely, like, if you want to, whoever those two can get got, it's, well, it's Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, they're, they're certainly a lot more vulnerable. I, um, I don't think Texas's big challenge is going to come until the postseason, in no. my opinion, like, because that team looks so good. Now, if you're at that point, then everybody can, has, is vulnerable. Right. Everyone is. Like, there's – if you took the four-team playoff and put every other national championship team in history in it, like, maybe only, like, ten of them would be supremely – invulnerable to anybody else yeah georgia miami so so nebraska you know like some of those teams now i will say texas does play byu at home historic trap game no i i if you look at if you just look at their upcoming matchups as like houston you know oklahoma houston byu kansas state could be a trip up for texas but Mm -hmm. i i as it has been sort of recently yeah uh no i think i think they sort of of the top teams because we know that Georgia's who Georgia's going to play, who Michigan's going to end up playing. Like, I think they have the easiest path forward, not to say that like they don't, they can't be exposed here or there, but they have like the best front seven I think I've seen in forever at that okay. school. And like, yeah, it, it just they're, they're, they're all playing on a string together. It's but yeah. Michigan has the best offensive and defensive fronts combined. I right. think of anybody in the country, which is going to make them really hard to beat. But I, I'm looking at this Michigan-Ohio State-Penn State situation, and I hearken back to the Big 12 when Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Texas had that three-way tie. Oh, right. I would... 2008, 2009? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so like that three-way tie, which, you know, led to the eventual one true champion, which, yeah. of course, that would had never been true <laughs> for Except them. Except for when, they're, when you, you tie in the standings and then we split it. Yeah. So that, that situation this year would be really juicy to see. If, if, you know, say Penn State jumps up and bites Michigan, but they've already lost to Ohio State. Michigan then beats Ohio State at the end of the year. And we've got this three-way tie, you know, Going into the, the championship game, and that's all everybody's one loss. Right. I would love to see that. How I they would flip that coin. love to see it. Um, Michigan does have a – like, they have one they haven't – sorry to, like, UNLV and Rutgers and, and 
Nebraska, Nebraska knows what they're doing, but like Michigan hasn't played anyone yet. And they really won't until, until that Penn state game. I mean, they do have, no, it's like, I mean, Minnesota is the only team with a winning record until they play Penn state. Yeah. So, and they are so much better than Minnesota. They're 19 point favorite. Yeah. They're yeah. So they are, that's the only team with a winning record. They're going to play very similar to Georgia. Georgia has had like multiple weeks with like closer than normal games, but I still don't want to say, oh, they're going to, they're going to trip up until, I don't know, until they do, because they've been historically on a historically dominant run. But I will say this I've said for a long time with Georgia, I think it's something weird that happens to Georgia, which almost happened last week. Because I tell you the Kentucky was good last week. Yeah. Yeah. So Kentucky, like that's a team we're going to talk about in the last segment. Yeah, they are. I think you need to maybe take them a little bit more seriously. Um, but they like what's going to happen to, to Georgia to me, because this is what usually happens to those teams on streaks. You know, the rivalry games are going to take seriously anyway. Mm-hmm. So like when they play a rivalry game or a big championship moment game, though, like when they play Tennessee, who's obviously not as good this year, but when they play Tennessee, that that's one that they're going to take seriously, right? Yeah. When they play Florida, that's one they're, they're, they're already going to take seriously. But there's somebody on this list, like Kentucky or Mizzou or someone, Mizzou almost got them last year, remember, that that's going to be the day that like, you know, they have another situation like Auburn and then Brock Bowers can't save them or where whatever. Their, where their young quarterback looks like a young quarterback. Yeah, in where an it, SEC just, game. it just happens because winning streaks are impossible to keep going. No, nothing is infinite. You know, it's just how it is. Because when you look, you know, who beat, like, most of the time, who ends the home winning streak of a team that's on like a 35 game run? It's not your rival no. because you're locked in for that one. It's some seven and five team at the end of the year where you're just like, what, ha- what happened? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it is, you are, it's going to be Missouri. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's like one of those things. Like you're, you're, you just let your guard down long enough as opposed to like, you know, against Auburn, I'm surprised, I'm surprised that that wasn't the one, the way that one was going. Right. Because it just felt like, oh, the way this one's going, this is the, this is one that's going to get them. And Auburn's the team with a new coach disastrous quarterback play, like all these things are going on that you would, as a player, completely ignore them because you're watching them on film mm-hmm. and your coaches are trying to say, like, hey, you got to be afraid of, of Peyton Thorne. you got to be afraid of Robbie Ashford. you got to watch out. for this. He's, he's athletic. Right. And, then you're, and then you're like, yeah, I mean, I don't see it. You know, like, right. I, I don't see it. Well, I mean, it's not like they were looking forward to Kentucky. I mean, obviously, Kentucky – beat the brakes off of uh, Florida in that mm. games before the Auburn and Georgia game kicked off. But, like, yeah. they weren't looking forward to to that matchup to sneak by Auburn or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. by not paying attention to Auburn. Just some of those games happened where it's like people just play out of their minds. Yeah. Yeah, like you were saying, it's like, oh, we have a new coach and everything, and it all clicks at one time, like what they've been working on for a mm-hmm. few weeks. Um we thought we were sitting up in the booth. We thought that that one was going to come down to a different, yeah. but like Brock Bowers literally didn't let them lose. Yeah. I mean, single-handedly, probably the best. Him and Marvin Harrison, probably the best game changers in all of college football. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, their schedule is such, compared, compared to like Michigan, if you will, like their schedule is such where it's like down the stretch, they got, I mean, like Sands, I don't want to like the early Vanderbilt, but the, like Sands – 
those teams, like, they have a really tough go, go of it down the stretch. Well, Mich- I think they and Michigan, like, mirror each other. It's like down the stretch, you know, Michigan's got Penn State and Ohio State, you know, towards the end of the season. They're going to have, you know, they're going to have Tennessee. Like, let's like, – Not that ranked matchups mean everything, but Georgia has, like, five more ranked matchups yeah, well, currently. Currently. And I think Michigan has the two with Penn State. But, and, look, look uh, that Ole Miss game on November 11th, Michigan, that's – Ohio State. That's the one with Georgia I'm looking at going, okay, Ole Miss is athletic enough to kind of hang with them at times. Like that one I look at. But, yeah, their stretch uh, after Vanderbilt is Florida, which is the rivalry game. Uh, then it's Mizzou, who's ranked right now, Mississippi, who's ranked right now, and Tennessee on the road, who's ranked mm-hmm. right now. Now, look, they get three straight at home uh, and four of their next five at home. Right. So – I don't think they're really that worried about it, but that's why I said something weird's going to happen there. Michigan, to me, is the one who can kind of, you know, Penn State, Maryland, OSU at the end of the year, and Maryland's a team that can come up and get bite you too. But I just think that, you know, until they, they're not going to, they've got the whole month of October, they can treat it like September and they, be on cruise control. Yeah, I mean, their sheer amount of size and talent, like you were saying, just dwarfs everyone else, Sands, Ohio State, and Penn State. But, like, uh, even Penn and even, State. And even, if even, even those guys. Like, yeah. they're just so so much better. Now, you, USC we, to me. I was going to say, though, can we talk about them. your Florida State Seminoles here in a second? Oh, yeah. Look, I'll tell you everything you want to know. Um, two stinkers back-to-back. Oh, come on. Clemson's not a stinker. I mean, why is Clemson a stinker? Explain to me how Clemson is a stinker in a game that they won. In a game that they won in a place they haven't won in a very long time. Clemson is bad, Paul. Clemson is not as good as they were. Clemson is not bad. They're not a good football team right now. Okay, how many games is Clemson going to lose this year? I don't know. Maybe uh, four or five. Uh, I, I, I don't believe you. Did you watch Clemson in Florida State? Yes, I did. I mean, they're two and two. I just don't think they have it figured out right now. I think they're spinning their wheels. I don't think Clemson's bad. I think they're not as good as they have been, and they're on their descent. But I'll tell you right now, um, you know, they just absolutely housed a Syracuse team that they usually have problems with. Clemson can lose to Miami. They can lose to NC State. They can lose to Notre Dame. They're not going to lose to NC State. They can lose to North Carolina. Yes. Yeah, they have a tough schedule. But, again, Clemson's not bad. They're just not Clemson. They're not – okay. They're not Clemson anymore. I just think I just think that so what like that's not a stinker, Royden. That's and listen. I know I'm being a little a, a bit of a fanboy here, but in no way is beating a team that you haven't beaten in seven years at their place a stinker. That is not a stinker. That is that's an emotional game that you have to get over. Now let's go to Boston College. That shit okay. was a stinker. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I will curse. That was a mother bleeping stinker. That was awful. They had it, they had complete control of the game. It was 31 to 10, and they fell asleep at the wheel. Mm. They're lucky that Boston College doesn't understand that there are other rules in football that you have to follow, like not grabbing face masks or hitting people when they're out of bounds yeah. or hitting the quarterback late. Otherwise, if those things don't happen, Florida State loses, and we can talk about them being a stinker. But I just think for the number four team in the nation, you want to see, like, obviously, yes, rivalry game. You make good points there. I just think, I just think, like I said, the way that I saw Duke handle Clemson early in the season, granted, at, at, at home. At Duke. At Duke. Super home field advantage in Duke, you know. Uh, but I think What well, was that night? <laughs> I think – I just think that, like, I wanted to see. I wanted to see if they could be dominant. Obviously, yeah, on the road, but like, they haven't been 
That besides, wait, what was their besides second? their first two games? Besides the the ones they scored forty five and sixty six in. LSU doesn't count. Um, <laughs> LSU doesn't count. We saw that this weekend. FSU has FSU has played one home game, one. So again, number four team in team in the nation. That's all I said. I think one four game. Look, they're I gettable. Think they could be. They're good. gettable. I just you asked what teams were gettable. I think they're gettable. They're, they're gettable. I'm not saying they're not gettable. I was debating your assessment of a stinker versus Clemson. Mm. That was not a stinker. That was an excellent, excellent football game. Uh, two teams played really well. Now, what's wrong with Florida State? They can't run the ball. Surprisingly, with all these returning offensive linemen and running backs, they can't run the ball. So we'll see. This week against Virginia Tech, who if they do uh, sleepwalk through that one, then I will, I will agree with your, your th- hypothesis a little bit more. But I think Jordan Travis has been really good, and he's been leading that team. I just, yeah. I, out, of, out of all of these outside of USC who we're going to talk about now, like they seem the most vulnerable or have looked the most vulnerable to me to like drop a hard-fought game, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, look, they, they do have the two better wins than anybody in the top ten. You know, like, so, mm. I mean, it, like, Ohio State's the only one who has a win that's even comparable to them. Maybe, maybe Texas, we'll see with Alabama. So. You don't think that their win against Wyoming was? No. Again, <laughs> so, yeah, look, they, look, Duke in a couple weeks could be interesting if Riley Leonard doesn't, if Riley Leonard is back and playing. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. He's got a high ankle sprain. That looked nasty. I don't yeah. know if you watched it in real yeah, time. I, I thought it was over. Yeah, I thought, yeah. And so, um, but then, like, their hardest thing is going to be Miami. And then, I mean, then they have a, a gimme game in North Alabama. And then they have Florida. They have their two biggest rivals, you know, two of the last three weeks of the season. Yeah. And Florida, you can never take for granted, especially in the swamp. Right. You just can't do it. So, uh, Oregon and Washington are going to beat up on it. I'm just kind of going down, this, down the rankings right now, eight yeah. and nine. But, like, Oregon and Washington are going to kill each other. Not this week, but next week. So mm. that'll be fun to see. But yeah, the USC, the the letdown of allowing Colorado to come back in that game when you, I think, could have hung sixty on that team. Yeah. What what is up with Lincoln Riley and allowing these teams to get? I mean, I know he doesn't control the defense, but what is and, up with Lincoln Riley teams and blowing leads and allowing teams to get back in it? Like, what is that? You know, I think it's his style. Like, it's just his style. Like, they are, they are not as worried about it. They are so confident in the offense. Yeah. And they have been in the quarterbacks because he's never really had a bad one. The worst one he's had, the worst one, was Spencer Rattler. Okay? And that guy. He still m- might get drafted, though, too. M- right? Many teams would kill to have Spencer Rattler. Right. As up and down as he is, would kill. Like, what would I would do? If I told Kirk Ferentz you weren't going to get caught. What would Kirk Ferentz do to have Spencer Rattler? Uh, like, what crime would he? His son. What crime would he not commit? I mean, I'm telling you right now, that's that's the worst. You know, Spencer Rattler's got some big wins under his belt. He's beaten Clemson. He's beaten Tennessee. You know, now is he a superstar that he was billed to be? No, he's a bust as that goes. But still, as bust goes, he's not as big of a bust as busts go. So he like. That's Lincoln Riley's worst one. Yeah. The other ones. Have won Heisman's. Uh, played in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. All of those things. No, I don't know. I just, it, I think I, it harkens back to the, uh, to the Bryles-esque system or the, the, you know, the 
spread system where it's like, we don't need, you've said this before, we don't need like, we need like two stops. Yeah, and but see, the devil's in the details though. The reason that Bryles never took Baylor to the heights that they could have gone had nothing to do with like the, you know, like taking out all the noise. Yeah, well, like if you want to talk X and O's, the reason he didn't and the reason he lost to UCF and the reason he lost to, to Michigan State and the reason he probably would have lost to a team later on had they gotten in the CFP, in my opinion, is because those teams that win care about special teams and penalties. Right. And so Lincoln Riley is a little bit like that. Now, he cares a lot more about special teams, and he cares a lot more about penalties, but he cares a little bit less about defense, and it is he's – he's from the Mike Leach school, right? Yeah. So he's always thinking about, you know, possessions. Like, that's, it's not time of possessions, it's number of possessions. Mm -hmm. So as many times – We can run 100 plays here, which yeah, you, if you have do yeah. in the new uh, college football running clock. But yeah. anyway. But if you, the more possessions you have, the better it is. Not the less, but the longer, the more times you have the ball is more chances to score. But that means you're also going to give the ball back more. Mm -hmm. So it's – the theory swings, the door swings both ways. So that's why. I think it's that attitude towards things is like, I just want possessions. If I can get as many possessions as I can, we're not going to lose many games. The problem is, is that if you don't have a defense that can get stops, you know. I mean, they got a little exposed against, a, a call it what it is, a young and inexperienced Arizona State team with a new co head coach. Yeah. Who, by the way, is like two years older than me, so that makes me feel real weird. But like the yeah. – uh, the they got a little like exposed by that, and I think Shadur. I mean, let's call it what it is. Shadur Sanders is really good. He's really fancy, fantastic. Yeah, so like He's fantastic. They were able to exploit some some of the weaknesses there. Now they weren't like Arizona State throwing halfback passes and stuff like that. But no, no I just that that secondary can be exposed. Well, their defensive line can be as well. Yeah, and because you wonder the difference between Oregon and USC. When Oregon was given those free shots at Shadur Sanders, they finished. Mm. USC didn't. Didn't it, bring him down. Didn't yeah. bring him down as much. So that was the difference in that game. Plus, you know, Oregon was out to, like, you know, quiet the noise <laughs> in a way it was very personal to them. Right. I um, – no, I just – if you don't have Caleb Williams, maybe that game goes a little bit different. But it mm -hmm. also, like, it looked like they were going to blow – I mean, we saw a game where somebody came back 28 points in person this, yeah. this weekend. But it – looked like they were going to hang 65 on him because it looked like he could get whatever he wanted. It just was a weird turn of events that I don't think – I think a lot of people, are, including me, are down on USC, which stinks because they have the most exciting player in college football and one of the probably the, – actually the most exciting player besides Patrick Mahomes in all of football. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly. Yeah, they do. And they have teams like I fully believe that there are – NFL teams, there's one in Arizona that hauled off and won a game last week that was or two weeks ago. Yeah. That's going like, God, uh, you know, we can, we can get rid of the gamer, <laughs> you know. There's one, there's one in get, Chicago that's like, we got two of these things. So we yeah. got two first-round picks. So, so is Arizona. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, let's see who can get rid of our guy that we're, we're over. Right. You know, quicker. That's what's going to happen there. When we come back, Alabama A&M in College Station this week. If A&M wins that game, does that make them the favorite in the SEC West? We'll get Garrett's opinion on this as well. This is the triple option on 365 Sports.
If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back to the Triple Option here on 365 Sports. Paul Catalina and Royden Ogletree. Say that three times fast. Royden Ogletree, Royden Ogletree, Royden Ogletree. Doesn't count to your name. Oh. So, anyway. Beetlejuice. No. Uh, uh, so, I, I asked this question. I know, Royden, you... Uh, said during the break that like it is the rhetoric about AM being so up and down is, is tiresome. And it, it very is. It, it very much is. But the SEC West is so open. open right now. If they beat Alabama at home this week, which they did a couple years ago, in fact, I believe the, la the last time it was there, they did, mm -hmm. was Zach Calzada, their backup quarterback. Now here is Max Johnson, their backup quarterback playing, and Alabama having certain issues. As we know, their offense is not as open up as they want it to be. Now, Jalen Milrow is still very dangerous, but a has been playing good defense since the Miami game. If they do haul off and win this game, does that make them the favorite in the SEC West? I mean, yeah, because then, I mean, it's two losses for it's two losses for Alabama, but one, you know, only, only one, one in, in the conference. conference. I, I just, uh, I'm sorry, I was trying to pull up A&M's schedule. It puts them in the driver's seat. Is that okay to say, like? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. not hyperbole. That's literally true. I just think that, like, I am so exhausted on this is the year that Texas A&M does it I don't, and like, puts it all together. Yeah. As, a, as a person that's lived in Texas my entire life, yeah. and been hearing it my entire life, yeah. it just hasn't, it just hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. And not to say that they don't have the talent. They obviously have the mm -hmm. talent they have the best recruiting classes in the history of ever mm -hmm. but i just think i don't know i i can i see it can i just see it mm -hmm. is it and that sounds stupid but like i don't know like can i just see them do it and and in kind of it hasn't kind of been their fault because alabama's just been world beaters since they've joined the sec mm -hmm. They kind of came in at the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> um, if they came in before 2007, maybe they, hey, maybe they'd be right there. But I just think that, I don't know. I, I would like to see it because I inevitably, like we were talking about in the break, they'll just drop a game to Tennessee. Well, they, they, have, they have a very strange history in that whenever, like this is, this is probably the right start 
for them, like pick 23rd or 24th to start the year where people think they, they're going to be better, which they have to be better than they were last year. And they clearly have been already, mm-hmm. but like where people are like, yeah, they're just waiting for the other shoe to drop the years where nobody thinks, and this is not just a Jimbo Fisher thing. This is in almost everyone who's ever been the coach there. It's weird how history since, repeats itself at these colleges, even though you had, like it's never been the like, same. Honestly, regime. since Gene Stallings, Emory Brillard, like you go all the way back, anytime they've ever been good, ever in their history, when you expect them to take the next step, they don't. They never have. They never have. Who knows if they ever will? To say something never will happen, you don't, you don't know. Mm-hmm. But the reason, especially now in the modern era, that it is so surprising that it continues to happen is, is that they want for nothing. Right. For nothing. Like there is not like there are tons of universities you think have a bunch more money than they do. And then you find out like, oh no, they they don't. They they like, you know, like Cal. You would think Cal has a bunch of money, right? Their athletic department is operating at a ridiculously Tremendous deficit. UCLA was the same thing, right? Yeah. One of the big reasons that the Big Ten move happened and that no one got in their way was like, well, we're operating at a deficit. This money could help us make that up. And they're like, well, say no more. Doesn't matter. Don't care. Just fly wherever you need to in the country to play if we're going to make up this, this deficit. So AM does not have that problem. They don't have a problem with ticket sales. They don't have a problem with ticket sales for any sport, really, compared to their counterparts across those, like their numbers for non-revenue sport ticket sales compared to other, like that's like, it's like Nebraska, like yeah. where if you're going to have an event, people are probably going to show up in college station. Did you see but, them sell out the, the yes, football stadium for yes. the volleyball game? Like you're going to like, one of the most incredible things I've ever Lincoln, seen. Lincoln college station, Ames, Iowa, kind of the same kind of towns. Maybe Manhattan, Kansas is getting to be that way too, where if there's a sporting event, yeah, no matter what it is, the people are going to go. And that's going to kick off the social event of the evening. So fandom or not, they're going to be out there supporting. So they want for, for zero. So Oil money helps. Yeah, exactly. You have all that oil money that, that's coming in. They want for nothing. Zero. And they can't put it together because they can't get out of their own way. So even if they do beat Alabama this week, they could beat Alabama by 38 points. And then most A&M fans will be waiting, all right, this is it. When, right? When's the no? Or you'll have two camps. You'll have the like, oh, here we go. Gonna win the SEC West. Gonna completely take control of it. And then the other shoe will drop, and they'll lose to, you know, Mississippi State. <laughs> like that's that's what will happen. Ole Miss on the road in like November. I their defense, like you said, has been playing. I was just looking at it. Has been playing incredible. I mean led by former Baylor recruit, and this hurts my heart, Tori and York out of Temple, mm-hmm. yeah. um, who's awesome. But um, – and and it looks like, you know, when their quarterback got hurt, you were kind of like, oh, no. But Max Joss is still – I still think he's good. Yeah. I, I still think that the, the guy that threw 27 touchdowns at LSU like two years ago is good. Sorry. Like, I just think that he's still going to be good. I know that's not very bold of me to say, but no. I just think – that something just crashed outside. Yeah, no, next door in the. Uh, yeah, but I think that um, I, I that drop off isn't going to be as significant as I think people, you know, other SEC fans hope that it would. Um, 
and you had an interesting bit about the history history of backup quarterbacks at Texas. Well, A&M. it's it's unbelievable. So backup quarterbacks are beloved at Texas A and M, and starting I mean, quarterbacks it's the most famous person on campus anywhere. Yeah, but like they are, you know. But the the thing is, is that you would really rather stay that backup quarterback because once you become the successful starter, then all of a sudden the targets are – look, they – Gerard Johnson and Ryan Tannehill is the most recent example. And that Gerard Johnson had A&M on a descendancy, and then he started going through some injuries and things like yeah, that. and became, he got hurt. He got hurt time. quite a bit. And then he when he came back, he just wasn't effective. Ryan Tannehill's out there playing wide receiver – uh, and Titans fans may not know that, but he was a wide receiver at AM and pretty good at it, actually. You know, he was one of their. He had like a thousand yards receiving one yeah, year. I think. Yeah, it was like one of their best targets. And then he had to be the quarterback and turned in a great senior season and then off to the NFL where he's had a decent career. Uh, he's led teams to the playoffs. And yeah. so uh, now I know being married to a Titans fan, they're over it. <laughs> but. You know, so they've had that. Like, I can, I can list you off the Randy McCown, Brandy Stewart, or Randy Stewart, uh, Brandon Stewart uh, controversy that went through their whole careers, both of them. Brandon Stewart won them the Big, the big 12, and Randy McCown won the bonfire game. Like, all these different things. I was going to say, Stephen McGee's still fighting for a starting spot. In the- Stephen, McGee, Stephen McGee and Reggie McNeil. I could just go on and on and on about how it is and how, you know, there just comes a time where your star burns out unless you're, you know, and look, Johnny Manziel, it probably wouldn't have happened to him, but he was, you know, um, partying just cr- like crazy all over the country. So eventually that star was going to burn out as well. So yes, yeah, so it also didn't give him the opportunity. He's gone after two years. The, so, only, yeah. the only one in my lifetime, in my personal lifetime, that A&M fans really wouldn't, have criticized ever again is Bucky Richardson. And that goes back a long time, a long time. Former Houston Oiler, Bucky Richardson, by the way, Royden, bef- before your time, well before your time. I was born uh, after they left. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you were never an Oiler fan. no, I was born the year that they blew the lead to the Buffalo Bills, so there's that. Yeah. But if you look at – so going – like, this is a great opportunity for them this season. Like, they're in position to do what they've been trying to do since they got in the league. This is their – their chance. The problem is, is that you look around and everybody else is almost exactly like them in the SEC West. Now, Mississippi State and Auburn look to be down, mm-hmm. but the other contenders, Alabama, LSU, and Ole Miss, they all kind of have one thing that will trip them up. So AM's tripping up appears to be that they're Texas AM, and that's just what they do. Because outside of playing with their backup quarterback yeah. right now, you cannot point to outside of the Miami game a glaring weakness that will get you beat every week on this team, but there will be something that exposes itself. The glaring weakness to me might be coaching. Like, that might be the the weakness that they have. I mean, how would you assess the job that has been done since, like, rebounding from that Miami game? Like, I think it's, it's really they're good. They're putting up more points now, obviously, than they did last year, and it flows better. I just, And their I, defense has played better since the Miami game. Yeah. And they have to feel really, like, silly about how they were controlling that Miami game early on and let got them out of hand. In it. Yeah. And then they like the mistakes they made and like where they made them on the field at the times they made them, you know, like really nothing punts, I think. Well, Miami muffed a punt. They oh, did. That's it was it. Connor Wigman throwing interceptions that he hadn't done or, you know, like just like, you know, some bad play calls by Bobby Petrino in situations, not not getting the ball to Anaya Smith in that game enough. Like all those things that they that they did, but here you are. Look, Alabama is 
as gettable as they've ever been and maybe ever will be. This could be a one-year, you know, they've got, they've, got, they've got vulnerabilities. You know, this could be the Death Star, you know, the one year where you can the, fly the into one. the... They'll fly into the Death Star and shoot it in the little hole. I used to shoot swamp rats. <laughs> yeah, those kind of things. This might be that year because the next time around, you're going to have to break into the, the moon of Endor and yeah. throw rocks at people. Look, they have they have since, you know, when they look like they're secondary, it looked like it, the worst that it's ever been against mm. Texas. They have since allowed three points, 10 points, 17 points, one, three points against the South Florida team. That's like, okay. But like, they, ten, the 10 points to Alabama was the one that was like, okay, he said, Saban said something or did something that is really, for lack of a better term, kicked them in the ass. Yeah. And I just think that like, and Mississippi State is going to be down this year. I thought that they could maybe put up points against them, but just due to that offense. And I also tend to think that Rodgers is still a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. But I set only 17 points and then putting up 40 against them. They're moving in the right direction, which is not a good sign yeah, for the other thing about it. A&M. Yeah. They're still gettable, which is like, – yeah. I hate saying it because ah, – and, and look, Garrett, LSU's defense – is a disaster. Terrible. So while LSU could come out any week and put up 45 on you, there's a good chance you could put up 48 on them. You could. I just, with Texas A&M, man, I just, I don't trust this team yeah. in general. I think looking at this matchup with Alabama, while A&M has had more success than most, I would say, in the SEC, especially given how the, the short tenure they've been in there, I think this is a situation where we learned a lot about Alabama last week. I think they have everything on the right trajectory. When you look at Jalen Milrow, while he's not great when it comes to passing, he's essentially coming home this week. We all know how close Houston is to College Station. Uh, I think it's going to be a home game for him. He's going to ball out, have a lot of family in there. Uh, I think this is one where even if Texas A&M is able to get the win, and I don't see that happening – they're going to stumble because it's inevitable, right? Like you have Tennessee, South Carolina, Ole Miss back-to-back. -back. I think they would go 2-2 two and two if they were able to beat Bama. And then you have the wild card at the end with LSU because at this point, has the wheels fell off in Baton Rouge, and have they checked out? Is that an opportunity for A&M to capitalize? That's always a tricky game at the end, man. But I just, I've seen Max Johnson so many times get figured out and blow opportunities in crucial moments. I just don't have faith in him. Uh, but at the same time, he maybe it's a change of scenery, and he he's, does look better at a and I, I need to see more proof in the pudding from the Aggies to actually take them serious when it comes to contending for the SEC West Championship. Yeah, look, and you probably can't put your finger on a reason. It's, it's just, just that I don't you, trust them. I'm you like, just, Wait, and I've seen it my whole damn yeah, life. Yeah, you just know. Exactly. Like, there's so not a weird like, feeling, man. If you want to give it, like, ask me a reason why AM's going to falter for sure. Like, I could, we could, all the teams that we went through earlier that are, like, really good, like, look, Michigan hasn't played anybody tough yet. So even though they're really big up front, like, maybe they're not quite as tough as we think they are when they play somebody who can match them. Right. Georgia, Georgia doesn't seem as fired up to be playing games this year as they did last year. It, it's true. They're, young they're, quarterback play. Yeah, young yeah. quarterback play Ohio State looks really good but again they've got a young quarterback they haven't looked spectacular yet Florida State we went through many of the reasons that they could Texas like I'll tell you Texas it's just it's the same thing as A&M I don't know what'll get Texas if something gets them but something will yep. because something usually does so it's inexplicable right now there's no real like their defense is playing great their offense is playing great they're not making stupid mistakes but if you want to say like can you say that nobody can get them like no because 
again, they've and they've had little stretches during games where they look a little bit, you know, ah, you know. So everybody, USC. Like, are we sure that Ewers is completely figured it out? Yeah, US. Yeah, yeah exactly. So are we sure? Like, he's still he's got talent, but he's not all the way there yet. Now he he seems to be getting better each week, yeah. but you know, USC has Superman at quarterback and lowest lane playing defense. So like there are all these different things that are going on that, but with AM, like you asked me what's going to derail them. I could not tell you the one thing for sure. I just know it's something. It's almost, it's almost like before the Red Sox broke the curse or the Cubs, it's Babe Ruth or a goat. Like, yeah. that's what it is. There's a weird sense with, like, fans, and I'm one of them, that like the pessimistic fans, even though I've seen now the Astros win a championship and, like, you know, Baylor win Big 12 championships and, and so on and so forth. But, like, why would anything good happen? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, why would that happen? Why would that happen to me? Yeah. But I think, um, no, I, it, it is, it's almost like a horror movie when you know that something bad is around the corner. You just can't see it. And the camera hasn't panned to it yet, but the lead actor has this shocked look on their face like they've just seen the devil. Mm -hmm. And I just, I kind of feel like that that's what A&M fans are, are experiencing. And A&M fans, if you're watching this and going like, well, that's just not true. Like, you know it deep down in your heart. You know it. Like, what is supposed to happen now? Like you said, there are two sides of fandom, but I, I, I just think that until you see it, well, see, you haven't then, seen it. And here's the deal. There's a lot of fan bases that have not experienced, like, the good and the bad, like, so close to one another. Right. So they can enjoy and they can not worry about things. But, like, look, I, I grew up a Red Sox fan. So I understand what it's like to feel invincible and, and then all of a sudden realize, like, no, no, no. Very vincible. <laughs> Very weak. Very. <laughs> oh, no, they traded Mookie Betts. <laughs> yeah. Yes, again, I sometimes just cry about that at different times. Wake up in a cold sweat at night. What? They did what? <laughs> and just be like, Jeter Downs. For Jeter Downs. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Not even on the team. So, anyway, those are the things that happen. I think AM fans had that a little bit. When we come back, which teams that are surprising unbeatens right now? a third or maybe a little bit more if you're 4-0 or 5-0 through this part of the season. Which teams do you need to take more seriously? This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option, 
here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back to the Triple Option here on 365 Sports. Paul Catalina and Royden Ogletree with you. And there are 22 unbeaten teams still. In, That's shocking. I feel like everybody's beaten up on everybody. Yeah, but 22 unbeaten teams. Now, look, Oregon and Washington are going to play each other in a week, so that will be over. USC is going to wind up playing both those teams eventually, too, anyway. So that will be – like, you know, mm-hmm. whoever, you know, if it's still – even then, Washington Washington State will play at the end of the year. Now, if both those teams are undefeated playing in the Apple Cup, holy cow, uh, because they've had a, a heck of a run. So, yeah, there are lots of things that are, are going to happen. Uh, look, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan all play each other. You know, um, mm-hmm. Florida State and North Carolina, Florida State and Miami will play each other. Florida State uh, plays Duke too. Florida State, but they're oh, you're just Duke, saying Duke's, Duke's Duke. got a loss. So, yeah. um, you know, Florida State and Miami will play each other uh, in November. So, if they're both undefeated at that time, you know, that will work itself out. So, it's not like they're going to have six unbeaten teams at the end of the year. We'll probably be lucky if we have one, uh, to be quite honest with you. You know, uh, maybe two at the most. It just doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. I mean, if Georgia and Michigan somehow come out, like, right now it's kind of looking like Texas is probably like, make up undefeated. Yeah. But Oklahoma yeah. and Texas play each other this week. So. Right. So that'll get it figured out. I mean, just going down to the middle of the pack, we wanted to highlight Washington State, who had a barn burner with, with uh, Oregon State. Yeah. Was that last week? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So they've been on their bye. But, like, they've beaten, they've beaten Wisconsin, and they've just beat the brakes off of the rest of the teams that they've played. Yeah. But, like – they just have an absolute gamer at quarterback. They have a, a fairly effective defense yeah. for what it's been. So again, they're one of those teams where it's like you're, you're counting possessions. You're not counting. You're not counting like uh, you're not counting time of possession. No, but they have a. a um, okay, I say if they're not a great run defense. They have they have a very bad uh, run <laughs> defense. So they. Uh, and again, they they like they play UCLA this week. UCLA's obviously taking a loss, but that makes them vulnerable right you know right. so these things are going to get worked out like the ones I, i'm not going to buy now look they could jump up and bite somebody but louisville mizzou um you know i think i think they'll work themselves out big up to the uh air force uh falcons right now they're they're five and oh salute to the service members yes we saw we saw did you go to the bowl game oh, last hell year no oh. <laughs> no we we all did garrett didn't no, i lucked my, out on that one my yeah. coworkers did, and I was like, "Yeah, go with God." I, Here's no, thank you. You did what Garrett did, and like we were trying to determine, okay, who needs to all go up and do this, and they're like, and then Garrett goes, do you, "Who do we really need?" And they were like, "Yeah, I guess we just only Garrett. You stay home with your family. It's fine. It's cold." And then we all went up there, and we were like, "We shouldn't have come here." <laughs> I was going. I actually, I remember now. I was going to go, and then I got like, "This sounds like a lie, but it's true." I got the worst flu that I've mm-hmm. ever had in my entire. Yeah. And they were like. Yeah, don't go to the one-degree game. Don't do yeah. that. So, you know, look, there are teams like, you know, Marshall and James Madison and Liberty, um, you know, all undefeated here. I, I kind of want to skip them. One, I, There's two I want to focus on, though, towards the, the end of the show. Maryland, who has a pretty decent – that both of them have pretty decent quarterbacks in Tyloa Tagvailoa. I was going to say, is it still yeah. Tagvailoa? Yeah. And Devin Leary at Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, you know, both of them maybe a little turnover prone, but Maryland to me, outside again, and they play Ohio State, but they are a team that you got to worry about, like because they can score, mm-hmm. they can score, and and Kentucky can also, you know, 
You can see they can run the ball a little bit. And they've got a quarterback who, especially when you need big spots, I think he can come up in big spots. And he's got a big arm, and he can, he can mm-hmm. push it downfield a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I was – they for – a, for a defensive front that I thought was really good in Florida, they absolutely gashed them on the mm-hmm. ground. What, uh, their running back had like 250 yards in the first mm-hmm. first half. Yeah. Yeah, I, he was like going to – he was on his way to setting like an all-time record. Um, and they, I don't know, they just look to be playing really well. Do I think, again, this is the Texas A&M thing. Well, do I think like the Kentucky thing will no g- continue into look, they, the they, later, they, you know, they play at Georgia this week. So we'll find out, right? We'll find out. But I do think that it's best, I think it's probably the best team that they've had on a very well since, I mean, look, they were, they've been good the last few years. Like Mark Stoops has got a consistently good Kentucky team. Right, since Not a, a couple of years ago, I was, thinking, I was thinking way back to when, you know, Jared Lorenzen and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no, but, but like, like, look, Will Levis, you know, yeah. was there last year. Now they got Devin Leary, you know, mm-hmm. so they, they can keep the team that they had together and then put a quarterback in. Probably not as good as Will Levis, but one that can run Liam Cohen's offense. They make huge plays all the time. So there it's like that's what should scare Georgia is that Kentucky's really good at, you know, it could be third and nine, and then they rattle off a 70-yard play. Mm-hmm. And so this great defensive stand you're about to have is over in the worst possible way. Well, they gave up some big plays to South Carolina, if I'm not, yeah. I'm not mistaken, when yeah. I was watching that game. But so they, I think Kentucky's better than South now, Carolina. Look, do I think that Maryland and Kentucky can beat Ohio State and Georgia this week? No, I don't. No, I would not pick them to. But I would say that those are teams that could make you vulnerable and could make other teams vulnerable down the stretch. I would pick Kentucky to beat Tennessee right now for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right now. Um, and I just because we're going to run out of time here, like I was looking at the list of undefeated. I don't know if I trust USC or UNC rather. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to – I don't know how to – because Drake may – it's still Drake May. He's awesome. He's va- fantastic. I, but he's been turning the ball over. So, yeah. like, is that just him trying to make plays? Or wh- I, 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 don't, I don't have a finger on, on no, UNC. I, I, look, I think UNC is, um, is vulnerable. I do. I think that of the teams that can contend for the ACC, they're, to me, third right now behind Florida State and Miami. I think Florida State, Miami, UNC, in that order, are the teams that are the most dangerous. Mm-hmm. And North Carolina – um, North Carolina has the best NFL prospect at quarterback of all of them. Is he the quarterback who's playing the best right now? I mean, like, let's let's not get in the weeds with the Jordan Travis versus Drake May debate because any team would love to like right. any team would love like honestly, like so, outside of USC, like who would you not say like oh I'll take one of those guys? I mean Colorado because that's his son. But, yeah, yeah, but like yeah, outside of like a couple guys, you yeah. know, you know, like there's there's not many teams that wouldn't take either either quarterback there, but you know, they've got Miami in two, in two weeks. Um, and that game's at home. They have Duke. Uh, and by that time you would think Riley Leonard would definitely be back. Cause that's November 11th. Uh, and then they are at Clemson, a place they don't play well mm. and no one plays well. So, you know, they, they're vulnerable. And like I said, I believe Clemson will, um, figure out a way. You have more hope in them than I do. Well, here's the thing. Watching that game, what I, I did see was that they don't have big-time playmakers who can beat you, Clemson. They don't. Like they've but, always had those wide receivers. That yeah, just the DeAndre and, Hopkins like, of the world. catch every single ball. Yeah, yeah, T. Higgins. They had all those guys. They don't have that guy. Very clearly reason that they don't because they've decided for whatever reason 
not to play the game to get them. But what they do have are very good players and very good coaches, especially Garrett Riley, who will call a game based on their strengths. And they, like, for against Florida State, they just took what Florida State gave them. All day long, ran about five different plays, and were pretty darn effective on offense for the, the first half of the game. Second half of the game, Florida State defense pretty much kind of shut that down, especially in the fourth quarter. But they were able to do what they could do, and they still have Will Shipley, who's an unbelievable talent uh, at running back. Uh, Kate Klubnick is getting better. You know, so they've got, they've got good things going on. They're going to out-fundamental you for sure. Defensive line is really good. Uh, secondary is really good. They have two really they have two first round pick NFL linebackers. So those are the things that will keep Clemson in it all year long. Now they're out of the ACC race because yeah. the second team would have to lose three times, and I don't think that's going to happen. Right. So to get you know whoever would be you know in that in that scenario. So. That's where I think North Carolina is a little vulnerable. They maybe don't have the playmaker. Like Josh Downs is gone. Maybe some of the other playmakers around Drake may, but and they've never you know. quite had the defense. No, it's 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 much they better. Are. It's much better though, considering that you know, yes, they gave up thirty four to App State, but seventeen, thirteen, and twenty four in the other games. Yeah, they're better. I'm just like in Mac Brown's tenure, they've always been vulnerable to like give just randomly give up like forty five points. Yes, and um, that, I think that's probably like I think you might see that against Miami. I yeah. really do. So. Just a quick shout-out. I know we're running out of time, but uh, Fresno State, if you haven't been paying attention, they're undefeated. They're all the way down at, like, 24 in the standings above Louisville, but they're going to go undefeated. Uh, they don't play a ranked team the rest of the year in the is it Mountain West. And, um, in fact, I don't know how many teams with winning records they actually play the rest of the year, no, uh, they, including they, San Diego State, who has, is all of a sudden two and three. They, they do play Wyoming Ooh, this week. So... Trap that, game. That will be interesting. Um, but Utah State, UNLV, Boise State, San Jose State, um, New Mexico, and San Diego State are yeah. all. I mean, on the it's Wyoming and UNLV who they who who might mm-hmm. be the trip up. But I think the rest of those teams I think have losing records. But the including Boise State, who, Boise State's two and three. Yeah, who hasn't been good for a few years now. I I don't know. Just pay attention to the Bulldogs out there. They're just a consistent program for like. I don't know, since David Carr. Yeah. So, I don't know. They, I don't know if they would make the college football playoff, but they're definitely going to make, like, a New Year's Six Bowl, um, even if they may lose, like, one game or not, or, like, yeah. fall to that. But I think just a random team that to go undefeated is the, uh, the Bulldogs out in Fresno. Okay. All right, Royden, thank you so much. That's going to do it for us. This is the Triple Option. Steven Simcox will be here tomorrow, and we will go through all of his emotions from the West Virginia game because I'm curious to hear that TCU fan. All of a sudden, Big 12 favorites, West Virginia. Yeah, that's right. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra